0: And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio.
1: Do your wedding photography, do your portraiture, and carve out a little thing where it's a personal practice. And give yourself a commitment to do it either daily or weekly for a certain period of time. The 100-day challenges are super popular. I think you maybe think about a year longer if you want it to stick or you want a personal style to evolve.
0: This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. This is part two of my two-part interview with Mary Jo Hoffman. If you missed part one, as always, go back and check that out. First, we are covering inspiration, cameras and gear, and what you need to get started, her process, and how she does what she does, and all sorts of other things as well. So stay tuned, because it will be uninterrupted after this quick word from the folks who support the show. So if you're like most photographers, you probably didn't go into business for paperwork. Does the chaos of invoices, emails, to-dos make you a little crazy? Well, that is where 17 Hats comes in. Their all-in-one, mobile-friendly platform organizes your entire business. 17 Hats handles things like time-sucking tasks, payment reminders, capturing leads, and scheduling your meetings. With 17 Hats, important emails go out automatically. Quotes, contracts, and invoices, click-click-paid... So it's a small wonder that thousands of photographers swear by 17 Hats. You'll free up so much time from day-stealing to-dos, it's like you've cloned yourself. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, which is obviously photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it. So why not clone yourself with 17 Hats? Visit 17hats.com to learn more with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. That's 17hats.com with the discount code
1: Help. I'll just do this for the next 20 years, and I'm going to have 30,000 images. You know what I mean? And I'm just going to be, that's just what I'm known for, and that's my thing. I could be totally happily happy doing that. But then there are other artists, you know, that do... A, a body of work in one area and then, you know, and then completely, you know, Picasso does cubism and then he does something else. You know what I mean? Like you, you can, you can change. I mean, at the same time, he's always doing, uh, he's always painting. I guess he did a little collage, but I don't know, you know, like I'm, I have mixed feelings about it. I do think you have to do something long enough to have a recognizable body of work, but you know, I have that now with still, I, I call it. The still police people are always sending me, on Instagram DMing me saying, this person posted your image without credit. (laughs) You know, because it's my style. Even though flat lays of found nature is so, you know, a lot of people do it, are really allowed to do it. My style, and I don't know why, because that just came out of me. I don't, it's not something I consciously decided is that but it is this, it's it has my signature on it you know I mean like it, it's it's yeah a lot of people are doing flat lays in nature but people when they see mine they know it's mine and so they dm me yep. and this person used your image and didn't credit you you know like, so <laughs> I know well I'm not like a whole
0: other rabbit hole for photographers that is like a like six episodes long but I actually I do I am curious one of the things that I talk about with my, like early students, like folks just starting out and anybody that I I coach in the photo business with my photo business help stuff is I've always been a huge, huge advocate of like, get really good at the camera you have. And you do not have to buy like the best of all the things that are out there. Like you don't have to do that to be a good photographer. And I, we talked about this like a little bit when people, would second shoot with me especially when I did weddings they were like that's all you bring and I'm like this is all I bring and it's just my style and so I'm curious you had mentioned a little bit about like your are super low tech mm-hmm. I mean maybe just say a couple of things about what what that looks like just so people can sure. understand that it's okay to be low
1: tech so I was decidedly low tech I decided to be low tech when I started in my mind to do it daily it had to be uncomplicated it had to be simple yeah
0: I love that Again, bringing that back in though is so important. Like, keep it simple. Keep it simple.
1: There's the only way that you can do a daily project, it has to be simple. And so, I started with a Canon Rebel like three or something, and no tripod, no nothing, nothing else. And then I did have an iMac and I did have Photoshop Elements, which I continued to use for a really long time. And, you know, honestly, I, you know, obviously I've fully Adobe Creative Suite now. I still only use Photoshop. I don't use Lightroom and it would be a whole lot easier if I did. I just don't. So I started with just a camera, you know, even my soccer moms on the sidelines had better cameras than me. I mean, you know what I mean? To photograph their kids at soccer games, I had this like low end Canon, sure shot rebel or whatever. And then, um, after doing that for a while, um, was still, that's how I started still. I, I evolved to, I know I went up to a Canon Rebel 5 and then a 7. I think my, I'm currently finally got a, a Mark 5D, a Mark 4, or 5D.
0: Are you using the same lens
1: throughout? So, yeah. So all that time, because it was always, Canon, I always did. I had a 28 to 30 or something lens, 20, 35 lens or something. Then I gave that to my daughter and I was also doing some photography for my husband for real estate, so I needed a more of a wide angle mm-hmm. to do interior shots. So then I got a a twenty four or something. Yeah, right. And now, interestingly enough, interestingly enough, I use only a fifty the the Canon fifty millimeter lens. It's a little workhorse. It's the only lens I use. I'm I shoot Canon also. Like a hundred fifty dollar lens, and it's so good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: See, I love this because this is helpful for people, specifically people starting out to to just mm-hmm. hear on a photography podcast that you can create absolutely beautiful work and you don't have to break the bank just to get into it.
1: Oh, God. No, you know? no not at all. So my emphasis has always been on, I wanted to, you know, I'll use art and quote, I want to make art. I don't want, I don't want to. Focus on the technical part, you know, the equipment part. So I wanted to focus on composition. For me, the daily practice was daily practice uh, was really uh, exercise and composition. And I wanted to get better at composition. Ironically, I've gotten super knowledgeable about my natural environment. I've gotten, you know, pretty fast at Photoshop. I've gotten more skilled as a photographer, but I have still struggled with composition every day. So anyway, that, yes. that like the irony is that's the one thing I really wanted to do, and it's still the har- it's still the hardest part, composition. And so the, the technical part never like the artistic part was my fascination, not the technical aspects.
0: Well, and it shows. I mean, like your art is so gorgeous, and I, I just for my own personal curiosity, I made a note to ask you this, but so for listeners who haven't checked out your work, and the links are going to be in the Mm -hmm. bio and all that stuff, you use a lot of like, you'll use eggs, bird's eggs, or you'll use bones, or you know, you have all these different found items. Yep. I guess this is a two part question. One, do you sort of, for the larger You know, like there's, I think, one image you did of like a bunch of eggs. And I was like, how'd she do that? You know, like, do you keep, I guess part one is like, do you keep a collection of stuff you find and never throw it away? Number two, for some of those, I guess, quote unquote, rarer, harder to find items, Mm -hmm. what's your process for that? And just kind of a behind the scenes of like, how'd you do that? For sure.
1: I'll come back to that. I've been doing this for 10 years, so I literally could talk for you know two hours. It's great. It's fine. But I'll come back to equipment. I started with a camera, but now I have... I did add a tripod and my photos got better. Now, remember, my subjects don't run away, right? So I just get to set them up on the kitchen floor, which is where I shoot because I have skylights in the kitchen. And then I use only natural light. So I got a tripod. I got better. And then I got a joystick on my tripod, this thing where you can put the camera 90 degrees. Yeah. And then my photos got even better. Then at some point I got a, just like a four foot diffuser. And again, I use only natural light. And I, I personally, my personal style, if you look at my stuff is, is soft lighting. Yeah. So that made the photos even better. So that's the only equipment I use. I use white tag board on the floor or the white diffuser in the window. I shoot only natural light and I, I have a simple, not even professional tripod, just like a, Manfrotto, like $200, $100 tripod with a joystick. The joystick is key. And then a Canon with a 50 millimeter lens. So that's what, that's my setup. So subjects. Yeah. So when I'm, I don't know, like 10 years ago, it's actually 2010. My artist friend, Lisa Congdon started a series, a daily practice thing called a collection a day. Okay. She's super into vintage. She would do like, you know, Vintage travel tickets or vintage office supplies. And it was just a little collection. That's neat. And I, I thought it was cool. That's it was really super cool. cool. Chronicle Books made a little book out of it. It was, she, she was an early adopter of the daily practice challenge kind of thing. And I was super inspired by it. And I thought, well, I, you know, if you just look around my house, I have beach rocks, I have bowls full of sea glass, I'll do nature. So it was, in my mind, a collection a day. But then if you do it for 10 years, you don't, you just, you know, you don't have three thousand five 650 collections. So, I mean, you know, at that point it became our nature. And most of the time now it's a collect, like I'll take a walk and I'll either gather a half dozen things and make a little simple composition, or it's just something that's happening right now. You know, today it's like, a, like today I did blood, I posted blood root, which is a spring ephemeral woodland flower, and that's just like that's happening right now, you know. And they're only here for three days, and then they're gone. And so, anyway, the eggs, for example. So what happens is, you know, I started doing collections. I do my striped beach rocks. I do my sea glass. I do found feathers. And those collections, which I really love, are some of my favorite still photos of that I do. And they will obviously be several of them in the book. But as time went on, people got into it. You know, like friends and family, neighbors. My husband's a tax preparer. So his clients. So his clients were these urban farmers, these two women that did sort of urban farming. And they had chickens and they had quail and they had ducks. And so they would bring me eggs, right? So most of those eggs, some of them have been from like my friend just uh, put a new deck on and when they pulled down the old deck, there was a robin's nest with two eggs that never hatched, you know, so yeah, I know. get that. So that's how that comes to it. So then I have an egg. So it's like collected over time. It's collected over time. I have a collection of eggs. Most of them, 90% of them gifted to me. That's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So that's where it came to. We had chickens for a while, you know, and so whenever the chickens laid an odd egg, I'd save it. That's how that, you know, so the collections, You know, started as mine, but then they became sort of community, you know, like, I get little shoeboxes on my front step now, you know.
0: That adds, like, such a cool element to what you're doing, too, just bringing community into it and and different, Mm -hmm. different people really supporting the work. That's so cool. But here's me and my imagination, like... Surely, this was like many walks over many years to get
1: all of these feathers, <laughs> you know, like because well, it's a super. You know, feathers is a super interesting thing. Every time I post feathers, I get it two emails or <laughs> DMs or messages saying that. Do I know about the Migratory Bird Act of twenty nineteen? I guess it was eighteen nineteen, and I was like, yeah, I, I'm familiar with it. What is but it? You can't technically take prote- the feathers of protected birds. So you can photograph them. Like if I brought my camera on a trail with me, I could put it on the white paper, photograph it, and leave it. So you, it was meant when the back when the women put feathers in their hats, and so they were poaching migratory birds to for their feathers, and so then we, you know, and so it was, you know, it's a 150, 200 year old law that's still on the books. Nobody, whatever, you know what I mean. The real the, what I really should do is carry my camera out there now you can't really photograph feathers when there's like a lick of breeze. Oh, yes. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you can't make a composition and, you know, you have to do it like inside because I can't even, I have to hold my breath when I'm photographing feathers, you know? So anyways, technically, so I, I gather them, but if you walk a dog early in the morning along where like a woodland opens up into either a field or a lake, you will find a lot of feathers because there's a lot of raptors that hunt at night. Mm -hmm. And so I come across piles, like literally, you know, an entire mallard of worth of feathers, you know, like regularly, you know what I mean? So I'll take two of the bluest wing feathers and, you know, obviously leave the rest. I can, there's only so much you can do. And I'll, you know, I'll come home photograph them and often just return them, you know, to the woods. So there are sticklers that feel that that's not right out there, but you know I feel like it's a, it's fine.
0: Yeah, I, I I think intention is a big piece too, and just yeah, just even reverence and just I think all of that is happening with your work, and I yeah, I appreciate you explaining that. So for a lot of the stuff like bird's nests, I mean, are you you're keeping some of it though as it collects, right? And
1: I have a flat file in the house where I do have collections. So I have nests, I have feathers, I have. But the feathers break down. So they actually break down fairly fast. The I have striped beach rocks, I have sea glass, I have pine cones, I have eggs, so I have collections. And then I have a flat file where I put like dried flowers and leaves, really, and bits and baubles of like stems and stuff, interesting shaped little like vine tendrils and stuff. And really I started doing that because Minnesota's winter is so long. And I want still to be seasonal and I know so long, I want it to be seasonal and relevant, but by literally, you know, guys, like when we get to like late February, March, we still have six weeks of snow. The whole rest of the world has moved into spring and nobody wants to look at bare branch photos of bare branches or winter, winter stems on a white background anymore. Like, so I just felt like guilty continuing to post here's another goldenrod gall sticking out of the snow. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. By the way, snow has a white background too. So I do do a lot of use the snow as a white background, but you know, there's only like, so as much as I want still to be seasonal, like I just, even I'm bored with bare branches and stems by, by March. So I started preserving or just putting things in flat files and I, you know, for winter color to post. And that's what those drawers are for. Okay.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So you don't lose your mind in the winter as we all do.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And you do some houseplant stuff too, I've seen, right?
1: I've cut up the houseplants. I'll do anything. Yeah. You know. I I mean, and it's um my mom is eighty six and so when she you know, she has a birthday or whatever, she'll get lots of flowers. And um, I she now knows, you know, once they're spent, once they've drooped. She just throws them in a bag for me. That's sweet. Like a grocery bag and it's waiting for me by the back door. Yeah. So that, you know, and that would give me something to play with. I actually, you know, I've come to, after 10 years of doing this, you know, I find a tulip past its prime, you know, once it's drooping, once it's starting to lose a petal or two is a far more fascinating subject to photograph than the perfect tulip in in its perfect. Oh my gosh. I love that you said that because I'm, I'm kind of the same i
0: will yeah. point stuff out constantly to my partner cuz he's not from here and so like i'll just be like look look at what's happening this week and um yeah. and i i'm the same way actually sometimes i i i get so excited in the fall because that sort of cycle of death is really beautiful you just see these like yeah. things just like hanging onto the vine that are like little berries or i don't know there's this just,
1: just beauty in it and i love the you know yes the impermanence of things is probably one of my favorite subjects Fall is tricky. Late fall, like November is one of my favorite months. And then when the snow very first melts and you get like all this stuff that's been under the snow, that's a really fascinating time for like, and then, you know, with Minnesota, then it greens out within a few weeks. But that moment when like everything's kind of wet and it's been under snow and it's in this really delicate state of decay, that's one of my favorites months in november is fascinating. september october because the fall leaves here are so bright and so vibrant uh, is kind of fascinating because it's actually what my i thought it would be my favorite time kind to of photograph still it's actually my least favorite because it's so i say i use the word gaudy it's like so the leaves are so loud like look at me look at me look at me like after you've done two or three days of fall color, you know, I'll look at the pretty spectrum of oak leaves and here's a bunch of orange maple leaves. Then you're like, you want to, I want to do more than that, but it's so hard to look past, it's like having a neon light flashing and you're like, you have to look past the red leaves to see what's going on. I'm so
0: excited that you said that. Like, I'm so, like, right. I'm like sitting here, like, oh my God, you said exactly Mm -hmm. what I think. And I've tried for years to convince, and some of them totally go with it, but I've tried for years to convince my clients, like, just doing regular portraits and stuff. I'm like, Let's wait till November. Everything's kind of muted and you're gonna stand out and the oh, light's really it's, soft it's, and the like the light
1: is so good in November, ah, yes. It's so good. Yeah, in the sat in the sat you know, like those russets and grays and they are kind of saturated. It's the November light is the is the best. It's magical. Light. It really is. It's magical. It's magical yeah and you get those nice overcast skies you know that like soft blanket yeah no fall people want the color and it's so it's fall is the challenge for me because it's so it's the same in june too yeah oh well june is yeah june in minnesota is like it's just so lush (laughs) yes so it's like green on green on green on green and you know Green. There's a lot of shades of green, and I love the green palette. But right now, if you look outside, it's like citrine, right? It's like chartreuse. It's really a fascinating colors of green. Yeah. But you get to you get to high summer, and it's you know it's like the, the spectrum is so narrow of the greens, you know? Yeah. And it's so dense, so dense.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking through that, like, you know, all those years of weddings where everyone was like either early October or June. And then I'd get the occasional folks that would do November and I would just be like, yes, any day I will do any November wedding you want me to do, you know? So
1: that's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I, I had a very, very small wedding. I got married in September, but if I did it again, I would do it in November. I think it's, Early November, it gets gets cold by the end. Of I know November
0: here, but yeah, that's the other problem. But but it is, yeah. For photography, you're like, yes, that's
1: the best. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: so we can kind of wrap up here because I, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But what would you say to anybody like wanting to start either a once a day project or I mean, we've kind of covered some of some pieces of advice, but is there anything that like? maybe you just feel like sharing with artists or things that something that you've learned or.
1: Yeah. You had a, you had a question you sent in the notes for the podcast. It was a question like that sort of um, what's your question, your advice for people. And I, what are, what advice would you offer folks who
0: don't feel tapped into their style yet?
1: Oh, maybe it was that one. Yeah. And, And so I guess my thought was, I'm a huge fan of the daily project. So like, if you're a wedding photographer, you portrait photographer, you know, I would say, you know, carve out a little time every day. And it doesn't have to be a daily project. It can be once a week, right? I mean, just these routine things where they come so fast that you can't, you can't be a perfectionist, right? You can't worry um, that it's perfect every day or every week. And so I would say, give yourself, do, it, do a personal challenge, and you'll know. I think you'll know fairly soon whether you're tapping into a personal style that feels authentic. If you're not, like, I, when I was going to do this daily creative challenge, I considered. I, you know, I like to. I love collage. I love making collage. I love black line pattern making with you know in my journals. So I considered all those: a pattern a day, a collage a day, a watercolor a day, you know, a sketch a day. And I hit on doing this nature stuff because I had this you know, this puppy that needed a walk, but then, you know, immediately knew, oh God, this is such a great way to live in the world. So I think, you know, carve out, do your, do your wedding photography, do your portraiture and carve out a little thing where it's a personal practice and give yourself a commitment um, to do it either daily or weekly for a certain period of time. The hundred day challenges are super popular. I think you maybe think about a year I mean, longer if you want it to stick or you want a personal style to evolve and just get started and see what comes out. You know, they say the accountability of posting it every day to social media. I didn't personally need that accountability. I'm one of those people that is accountable to myself or whatever. So, but if you are, you know, tell your social media buddies that you're going to do it and that can help motivate you. But so I would say, t- you know, give yourself these personal projects but keep them simple. Keep it so simple or you won't do it. You'll hate it. You'll quit after three weeks because I mean, you know, in the 10 years I've been doing this, my dad passed away. My mom, I'm the primary caregiver for my mom and she's been in and out of the hospital. So like it has to be simple. Yeah. Life happens. I mean, there was many days where I was coming home at, you know, with 30 minutes of daylight left. You know what I mean? Literally. And sometimes I literally go in the front yard, I grab a handful of grass. I literally just yank the grass and make a composition. And actually some of those, I love them. I love those simple handful of grass compositions. Totally. I think,
0: and also, and I mentioned that I do that tarot newsletter. And one of the things that I started out doing was like these elaborate readings with video. And it's just like a free newsletter that people are on. But that wore me out. I was like, this is a lot of, you know, like, and so I think it's okay also if you start out and you're like, whoa, this is a lot to just, yeah, yank the handful of grass and that's okay too. Like pair it back. Sometimes I just pick one card and say, this is the card and that's all we're doing, you know? And it's like, it keeps you accountable. It keeps you in the habit, but it doesn't mean it's any less, you know, good if you're, if you're not taking an hour to do it, you know?
1: Right. No matter of fact, don't you can't. No, you can't find an hour a day. You know, you can't even find a half hour a day. You know, the thing about still blog that's interesting is that I carry a couple subjects in my head. Like today, I know the trout lilies are blooming. Ta-da! I also have daffodils in my yard that I haven't photographed yet. But you know, so I'll pick one of those. So I carry the ideas in my head. I gather my thing in the morning. I photograph it sometime in midday when I have natural light. And then I edit and post it at about nine o'clock at night. And so each of those segments is five to 25 minutes, depending on how much energy I want to put into it. Yeah, That's for the fast days. Uh, there are days where I spend two hours, you know, making a composition. Of course. Because I want to. Because you and want to. I have to. the time. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, but to do the dailiness, to keep at the dailiness, you know, I can do it now if I have to in five minute increments, three, five minute increments, if I have to.
0: Well, and you said something, uh, actually, you said it a couple of times, you said it in the beginning and sort of halfway through, but as sort of a final thought, this idea of when you commit to something, this heightened level of awareness you have about what you're looking for. So whether you're Mm -hmm. looking for like you're, you, you maybe you're in the city and you're looking for hats, like people wearing hats. It doesn't right, matter what yeah. it is. It's like it's like exactly. that Easter egg hunt energy where you you're just like
1: it's exactly what it is,
0: and yes, you see exactly. Things. And I think for folks looking for their style, I know this has happened to me in different ways. But like you're gonna start noticing things. It might have nothing to do with like your little project for the day. You might be like, oh my gosh, the light in this neighborhood right now, and then it changes right, your right. whole thing. You know?
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. People with hats. I mean, you know, literally like so simple, like something blue. Right. You know what I mean? Like a a texture, something blue. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And and do that, but do it uh, every day for a while and, and do that. And, you know, and if you don't hit it out of the box, I got lucky with still, but try that two or three times. You will find your signature style. I think you will, something that will light you up. It will come out. It will become obvious to yourself
0: yeah oh cool well thank you so much for for chatting with me and yeah sharing this whole project it was fun
1: super fun yeah it's fun to talk it's a fun project to talk about i mean yeah. everybody likes nature and yeah. yeah
0: yeah and you're on instagram at mary Jo hoffman
1: correct and that's really the only place i'm just, i'm active i'm not on facebook okay. or twitter okay um just instagram mary Jo hoffman and the blog is called stillblog.net awesome. like still life Yes. yeah S-T-I-L-L. yeah yeah.
0: And we're going to link to all of that stuff in the the notes so people can just easily click on it and and check it out. Well, we'll have to do this again. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here.
1: Yeah, my, my it was super fun. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: Thank you again for listening. All of the Mary Jo links are in the show notes. Check those out, please. It's so inspiring. Have a wonderful rest of your week. One more quick reminder, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, disorganized, check out 17 hats you'll be able to focus on what you do best photography meanwhile 17 hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business just as if you were doing it yourself go to photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 hats to get 50 percent off your first year i hope you have a beautiful day remember in everything you want to achieve consistency is key